this is the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are so excited today. I, I'm Rachel, and Amber is actually not here today. She wasn't able to make it, but we have a special guest on our podcast, and uh, is a film critic extraordinaire and podcaster. We have Alonzo Duralde. It's very exciting. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Thank you so much. Uh, what we like to do is ask our guests uh, to introduce themselves and explain a little bit about how you got to uh, where you're at as far as your career and um, just a little introduction. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a long and winding road, but uh, I'm, I'm a lifelong kind of movie obsessive, I guess. Uh, I started writing movie reviews, you know, for my high school paper or my college paper. And pretty much since college, I have been a film critic uh, and or a film festival programmer. So those are sort of my two main areas. And then I've been podcasting for about the last seven or eight years. So uh, there's that as well. So right now people can find me at therap.com, T-H-E-W-R-A-P. Uh, where I'm the film reviews editor. Uh, my husband Dave and I do a podcast called Linoleum Knife, and I also co-host a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network called Who Shot Ya? And I co-host a show on the Young Turks Network on YouTube called What the Flick. Yeah, and that's how I first became aware of you. It was through What the Flick. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, the reason why we wanted to have Alonzo on the program is because not only is he pretty supportive of Hallmark movies, which is not that common, I feel like, in the... Uh, <laughs> critic world but he literally wrote the book on Christmas movies so <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about your book sure uh you know I've always I've always loved movies I've always loved Christmas so eventually I guess I had to put my chocolate and my peanut butter um so yeah I wrote a book called have yourself a movie little Christmas and it's uh kind of a film guide for for Christmas movies and I, I cast a pretty wide net in terms of you know I include movies like Die Hard and Gremlins and and you know The Lion in Winter and Metropolitan that people might or might not think of as Christmas movies, but if they have a significant connection to the season, then I put them in. I didn't do a lot of TV movies, or I did a handful of ones I think of as classics, like A Christmas Without Snow or um, The Gathering, but uh, I did not like go full whole hog onto the Hallmark thing until a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm a relatively new convert. <laughs> um, you know, when we talk about the, the, the bracket this year, there were whole sections of it where I was like, I don't know these movies, I'm just going to fake it. Yeah. Well, we, and that's part of the other reason why we thought of having you on is because we just finished the Merry Madness tournament, uh, which I feel like your pick for best of the year actually really won because I don't Rumble House Christmas because I don't feel like it's really fair to have one calls the heart in the tournament. Because it, they have such a fan base. Like it's, it's, well, yeah, no, no, no kidding. Here's the crazy thing about this bracket. On the one hand, like they're, they're offering a cash prize if you predict how it's going to come out. Right. But on the other hand, you're supposed to be picking your favorites. And you can do 10 of these. But it's like, I think everybody is torn between, well, I like this movie, but I think more people are going to like this one. Like, and I wish I had done more brackets because, yeah, I, I loved Bramble House Christmas and I didn't take it very far in either of them. But um, yeah. You know, I thought I thought Switched for Christmas was going to go all the way because that was like the highest rated new one last year. But mm -hmm. apparently the uh, the CCB fans did not turn out for the bracket. Yeah. So uh. Yeah, I was surprised too because I was not a big fan of Switched for Christmas. I thought right. it was pretty boring. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I thought it would do better because we say CCB. It's actually her birthday today that we're recording this. Oh, well. So happy birthday, Candice. But, um, but she has four of the top five Hallmark Christmas movie premieres hmm. uh, of all time. She has uh, 
this. So she's just, yeah, she's very popular. So I thought it would do a little bit better as well. Yeah, she, all of her stuff seemed to fall out of the bracket pretty quickly. I was, I was sort of amazed. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm, I'm not a fan personally, just I, I still have memories of her on The View that annoy me, but, oh, um, sure, sure. you know, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, I was, I was giving her, you know, a boost in the bracket because I thought, well, you know, I'm an outlier. People like these movies with her. Right. I don't know. I, for me, Switch for Christmas was just about two people planning parties because everybody knew. Everyone <laughs> knew but the guys, the hunky guys, that they were switched. So it was like, just watch. It was just boring to me. <laughs> but it didn't, they, they didn't monopolize off of the humor that you could have of a single sure. girl all of a sudden taking care of teenagers and a, uh, and a, a stay-at-home mom all of a sudden being this you know being a single girl there was so much potential there but it was just boring to me that was that was probably one of those ones where you want to bring in alicia witt or somebody who actually yes. has a sense of humor you know right. i think that makes all the difference yeah yeah i, I agree and uh, so uh, <laughs> it, it was interesting it was an interesting bracket i was really surprised that the finding father and engaging father christmases got out so quick because i did not like either of those movies but i thought that they were they would go really far too so that's what the bracket I, I, i'm more of a fan than y'all were on those but yeah i was i was kind of surprised those got knocked out and and i was also pleasantly surprised that like the amnesia movies held on longer than i thought yeah 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 a, a Christmas to remember, and uh, uh, the 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 bookstore one, and the uh, the the Mira Sorvino one. They all start they start blurring, blurring together for me. After yeah, well, that that's easy to do with Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask. So, did your parents watch a lot of Christmas movies? Was that uh, something? Was it something that you just grew a love for as a as a young kid? Well. I grew up in the era of uh, It's a Wonderful Life still being in the public domain. Mm -hmm. So I remember as a kid where it just was literally on every channel all the time at Christmas time because it was it was free. Anybody, any like rinky-dink local TV station could rent it if they wanted to. So you could finish the movie, change channels, and then catch it again midway through. So that I have a very distinct memory of during the holidays. And um, there were a handful of movies that my family would sort of, sort of like drop everything and watch even if they came on in the middle of the night or something. And one of these movies that like my, my parents were just obsessed with and loved happens to, to be a Christmas movie, which is uh, the original We're No Angels with uh, Humphrey Bogart and Peter Ustinov. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of connections for that, but it's it was really more, um, I kind of thought of them on separate tracks. You know, I mean, I, I, I grew up in a big family. I, I love Christmas a lot. It's my favorite time of year. And I've always kind of loved movies. And it really wasn't until I got older uh, when I started working for newspapers. This is how old I am. I started working at newspapers. Uh, you know, the holidays would roll around and I would get asked to make these lists of like, you know, alternative Christmas movies or movies you might not think of as Christmas movies and blah, blah, blah. And, and after a while, I just thought there's maybe a book in this because there, there isn't a lot of, I mean, I'm not going to call my book scholarship, but there's not a lot, there aren't a lot of film reference books that spoke that focus specifically on Christmas. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of went with it. it. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still sure my neighbors thought it was bananas when they, you know, it was July and they would hear like the end of a Christmas carol over and over coming out of my windows, you know, because I saw about 18 different versions. Yeah. I, I made my husband suffer a great deal through this entire ordeal. <laughs> Well, and that's what I was going to ask if, if he if he or the rest of your family, if they get tired of watching all these Christmas movies. 
Uh, the, he's the only one I, I sub, that gets subjected to them. And even still, I try to like wait till he goes to bed. He's really not a fan of the Hallmark stuff, but you know, so I, I'm very try to be judicious about that. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I'm. I guess it's a good thing that I, I'm single because uh, yeah, it would probably be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to ask of someone else, you know. Yeah. Uh, what I find hilarious is so now the the network is running four movies today, and they're trying to hook it off of oh these were the big vote getters, and it's like. No, they're not. Yeah. Like, you guys clearly planned this ages ago. You might as well have put it on the schedule because you were guessing that, you know, again, Switch for Christmas and a very merry mix-up, which I thought was going to go further than it did, yeah. uh, were going to be high vote getters. And it's like, mm, no. Because, <laughs> you know, TCM, other networks will actually do a thing where they leave a space blank or, like, somebody yeah. dies and they'll suddenly change the schedule. But the four they picked were so, if you look at the bracket, are so were so all eliminated within the first couple of rounds. It's like, all right, y'all were just going to show these anyway. Yeah. yeah, agreed. And people were kind of annoyed because there were a lot of people that wanted to see the When Calls the Heart movie because the right. Hardys, you know, are, are really passionate about their, oh, yeah. about their show. And uh, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> it's like, and I, I, I mean, I, I love Christmas, but Christmas in April, uh, yeah, I like, you know, July, you, you know, it's become a phrase, you can get away with it. April is pushing it a tad. But, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't, did, do you subscribe to their, like, streaming service? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I, I looked through it, I was like, eh, I haven't taken the plunge. But uh, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more Christmas stuff, because I suspect there is, like, a secret segment of the population that would just watch that stuff all the time if it was... Yeah. Oh, there definitely are, for sure. And that's what we want to try on our podcast, to try to every so often kind of do something Christmas, kind of keep the, because it is definitely their bread and butter. Oh, yeah, no, no, no question. And they, they, they keep upping the number of originals every year, which yeah. to me always feels like a dare, like, oh, 34? Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to break me, Hallmark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, I forget we tallied, because now other, of course, other networks are trying to get on the, in on right. the game. You always had Lifetime, but they did like a measly, what, like seven, eight, nine movies right. last year? They're up to 14 this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's the Up Network, there's mm. uh, the Netflix is now started. Yeah, um, although it's funny, if you look at the credits of the Netflix ones, they're made by the same, like Brad yeah, it's, it's, well, the guy who is the president of the of the network, his production company also makes those Netflix ones. Yeah, so I have a theory that the Netflix ones somehow didn't. You know, if you if you read interviews with people at the channel, they're very like, you know, they there's a definite guideline they have. Like, yeah, they're never political. They're never too religious. Yeah, there's never any diseases. You know, they they there's they have a very set path. And so I thought, okay, Prince for Christmas has the girl in the wheelchair, and somehow that was deemed not Hallmarky enough, and so it got booted to Netflix. And then Christmas Inheritance has gay best friend, and you never see those on Hallmark either, so I figured that's why yeah. that one got sent to Netflix. But it's all coming from the same place. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. There's, there's a company, it's like Maravista, I think it was called, in Canada. And you yeah. can totally tell these can these uh, Hallmark movies that are made by Hallmark and the ones that are purchased by them. There's a yes. definite quality difference. You um, start seeing the same loft in Toronto a lot. Yeah. Yes, the same gazebo. Yes, a lot. Oh, a, yeah, now, I, I meant to ask. You guys have seen that SNL thing, right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the best ever. Totally. Yeah, one of our friends was like, "We would totally watch these movies," and I'm like, "We have watched these." <laughs> I was going to say, this isn't really satire. <laughs> yeah. 
But I wondered, so does, do people like Chrissy Lemire give you like a really hard time about liking <laughs> movies? Uh, it's, you know, I think people think it's kind of cute, you know, yeah. because uh, since I, I've already sort of established myself as the Christmas movie guy, they, I, I think it, it's sort of like, well, if you can't have heroin, you can have methadone, you know, and so <laughs> you know, I can only get so many real, like, you know, major studio Christmas movies a year. In the meantime, I got to fill in the gaps. With yeah. They, 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 they look a bit askance, but I, you know, no one's too hot. <laughs> Because oh, you and William Bibigami are the only critics I know who actually watch or at least admit on Twitter. Right. That's true. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of closeted uh, ones out there. Yeah. No, yeah. Actually, Bibbs is the one who got me into them. He, uh, a couple years ago, uh, was in a car accident and uh, he uh, had a knee injury and was laid up for oh. uh, like a month and a half. And he just watched Hallmark movies. And so we started talking about them and he was getting, he was really kind of parsing the difference between them and, and you know, finding the similarities, but also the differences. And, I just, I don't know, at some point I took the plunge and, you know, it's just kind of fun to look at, uh, as, as he likes to describe it, the movies where the villain is business, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're talking on the cell phone in the car in the first, yes. in the scene, mm, they're probably yeah, bad, people. Bad news. If they, if, they, if they don't decorate for Christmas or hire someone else to do it for them, you know. <laughs> Yes, it's funny because it, it, it used these these movies used to be really snobby about real trees versus fake trees, yeah. but then Balsam Hill became a right. sponsor, and that's not brought up anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true, and I mean it is amazing like how fast they make these movies, and yeah. like some of the ones that like there was one last year, Christmas Next Door, that because mm -hmm. we did a Christmas preview in October, and it was like wildly inaccurate because so much. <laughs> So much changed by the time they aired but uh but the christmas next door i don't think it was even cast until the end of november and, wow. I mean, and that, that's the, the jesse metcalf one yes right? because oh, the, the the summary that was on the on the uh on the website for forever was all hmm. about that was supposedly about this divorced dad who's getting his kids for the for the <laughs> and then it totally ended up being like this like hot shot motivational speaker guy or whatever Jesse Metcalf and it was just oh. funny well, I, I have a friend of mine, um, Michael Verratti, uh, has written, he, he, he has a story credit on Broadcasting Christmas, and he's co-written okay. some, some of the ones. And it's funny because uh, he, he comes out of the world of low-budget horror, which mm. there's becoming a lot of crossover now, where like this is sort of the new like genre movie that you make on a dime really fast. So people like Fred Olin Ray, who used to crank out a lot of horror movies, are now cranking out like your Mar Vista-level um, Christmas movies. But um, he was telling me that it's very competitive every year with the networks who gets to actually shoot in the winter and, you know, who has to fake it in July. And so I'm not surprised now that the, the, the Hallmark season starts at the end of October that they're still making those movies like as the temperature starts dropping to just get them on the air by December like that. Yeah. That, that totally scans. And somebody else who, who I know who works in TV said that even though these are, you know, 95 98 minute productions that they basically keep the same sort of scheduling and budgeting as an hour of tv mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, it's uh yeah it's similar to like a um i mean i guess similar to like an episode of one calls the heart sort of uh, you know kind of a right, show yeah. like that yeah 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure in that like in the case of that for Wishing Tree, they probably got a couple more days and you know a little more money or whatever. But yeah, for the most part, it's like, well, we got the cast, we have the town, you know, it's, it's yeah. pretty much all there. They should have put more money into Wishing Tree. She had the atrocious. We called it the Wigmageddon. <laughs> Her wig was so bad. But um, but uh, so you what do you think counts as a christmas movie you said you talked about a little bit how you had some non-traditional picks in your book batman returns right harry potter uh things like that what do you what to you counts as a christmas movie i mean i think it kind of you know you take it on a case-by-case basis like there are a lot of movies where yeah there's a christmas tree or a scene at christmas that's mainly just sort of used as an easy way to show the passage of time like that's mm-hmm. a that's an easy marker you know, like, right. you know oh it's december now you know um but i think that you know it, it it's it's about whether the film itself kind of captures the stuff that people gen- tend to want from christmas movies the sort of uh, those redemption stories, those stories of kind of emotional repair with, you know, a loved one. Um, but I think you can have one scene at Christmas that if it's a memorable enough scene, then that, that counts for me. Like, uh, I, my go-to example is always John Waters' Female Trouble, uh, mm-hmm. which at the beginning of the movie, Divine very famously uh, upends the Christmas tree on top of her parents when they don't give her the cha-cha heels that she asked for for Christmas. And the rest of the movie has nothing to do with Christmas, but like everybody remembers that scene. You see that movie <laughs> and it's like, ah, one of them cha-cha heels, you know, you remember it. And so that, for me, that's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, if somebody tells me that it's not, then hey, that, I'm not going to argue the point. I, it's, it's a personal thing. I mean, some movies are inescapably Christmassy. Like, I mean, the Hallmark stuff is very much trafficking in the, it's, it's set at the season. It's about, you know, couples getting together or families resolving their differences or whatever. But, uh, you know, in other times it becomes more of a, you know, eye of the beholder situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, and, you know, sometimes you, I, I, at least sometimes I, I feel like watching something different. So I don't know, put on Krampus or something like that. That's just like a little bit different. <laughs> a yeah, subversive. No, yeah, I'm a big fan of those. A movie that came out last year called Better Watch Out that I thought was a, a yeah. really smart uh, horror movie. I mean, that's the thing about homework. It, it's, you know, for me, it is a, it, it's, 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 I call it the, it, it's my, you know, I, I can't afford Xanax, you know, they're, they're very, they're comforting. You know exactly what you're going to get. You know, you can do two or three other things while doing, while watching one and still follow the thread of it, you know? Um, but I can't imagine a, a, a diet of nothing else. I think, you yeah. know, I, I think you got to mix it up a little because it's, otherwise it's just so white and so, you know, uh, uh, bland after a while. It's like, mm, I need a little spice in here. Yeah. It was a good thing that there was like Oscar season at the same time <laughs> as like countdown for Christmas. Cause I think I needed that like counterbalance. <laughs> yeah. I need, I, I need, I'm going to spend two hours with the shape of water and then I'll come back and <laughs> yeah. watch Lacey Chabert make a gingerbread house. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we are definitely, we're hoping that they switch things up a little bit this uh, year because we're really getting kind of tired of some of the tropes, like the save the, I call it the save the farm trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, we got to save the school or save the, save the theater or save the, you know, the community it's like, center, yeah. on, something different. Like, <laughs> like a lot of people hated that. Um, Candace Cameron Bray one where she went back and where she goes 
for oh, the time it, travel one. The time travel. It's like at least they were trying something different. Like yeah, I, I think one of the things that I liked about Bramble House Christmas was that you know the you know usually the conflicts in these are so sort of contrived. Like oh, they were childhood sweethearts, and then he went off to the big city or whatever. Like you have this guy who is has a genuine beef and really thinks that this other woman is terrible and somehow yeah. his dying father for his money, you know, <laughs> uh, and and then discovering that oh no, actually she's not a monster. Oh, and maybe I'm falling in love with her. Like that was. That was different. That, yeah. that felt like there were some stakes on the table, and and you know some some genuinely kind of unpleasant emotions being bandied about. You know, so yeah, yeah I I think they I, I, here's the one thing they they obviously have a winning formula. I'm sure they don't want to mess with it too much, but every so often, you know, like <laughs> we we know what you're doing, so maybe do a little something else. <laughs> yeah, think of your friendly neighborhood podcaster, please. <laughs> I, I know we have hours to fill here. You know? <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I was wondering, uh, do you think uh, that there will ever be a return of the feature film rom-com that we had, like the kind of movies that we used to have with like Reese Witherspoon, Sandra Bullock, Julia Roberts, that kind of thing. Like, if, yeah, we sometimes get some indies like Sing Street or something like that. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I was so hopeful that Home would be kind of the, the, um, oh, the one, again. Uh, Home Again, yeah. That um the Reese did last year. I was hoping that would be a return to that kind of, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think everything is kind of cyclical. You know, the, the things come into fashion, they go out of fashion. Um, and you know, it's a sort of thing where a few come out and they don't make money, and then nobody wants to do one, and then out of the blue, somebody uses their clout and and it becomes a hit, and it you know pays off. Like you know, we, I think we went through a period where the R-rated comedy was just sort of desperately terrible you know but it, lately we've had you know girls trip and yeah late night and now the, the blockers coming out so um yeah I, I think at some point there there is an audience for that kind of movie and, and i think that the return they're relatively inexpensive to make and they can do really well you know your 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 pretty womans and whatnot so uh, i hope so i mean I, I i like a mix of things i like to have you know women get to be front and center uh in something where that's they're they're not saving the post you know apocalyptic dystopia from its yeah. or whatever. uh but yeah no i'm 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 all for a variety i i, I hope so i mean it, it's interesting i think you know I, I thought you were going to ask about sort of the return of the the studio christmas movie and i think yeah, part of, i think part of the the fallout of the the success of hallmark is this notion of like well people can see this at home for free you know, which is, I think, why, again, the R-rated Christmas movie has become a thing. It's like, all right, what aren't you going to see on Hallmark? Well, Bad Santa 2, you know, Better mm. Watch Out, Bad Mom's Christmas. Um, just Office Christmas Party, just because it is it is a clear alternative, you know. And, and I, at some point, I think somebody's going to maybe find a sweet spot of, like, if we have, like, money and talent and things that these, you know, somewhat cookie-cutterish cable movies aren't going to do, then, yeah, people are going to turn out for it. But uh, at the moment, I suspect that because Hallmark is doing so, had kind of his corner of the market on this sort of thing with Lifetime and other TV people trying to get on board with it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure for the studio, it's like, well, we either have to go like hard, you know, kid friendly, like the star or whatever, or, mm -hmm. you know, like trot out the, you know, the profanities and the, the, the comedic violence and the horror or whatever, just because it's it's the niche that's not being fulfilled yeah because i i i don't know i just from my perspective it's like well these movies are doing so well on hallmark so i would think that the studios would be like oh let's get in on this action but you make a good point that like 
uh, they maybe they don't think people will come to the theater. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, we've kind of gone back and forth with, is there a market for the adult drama? You know, or do studios want to make, uh, you know, spend the time and money to make, and, you know, outside of like your, you know, handful of requisite Oscar movies. And, and again, I think that's a place where TV is kind of filled in the gap. You know, if we have, you know, the Americans and billions and, and, you know, these sort of interesting, complicated uh, characters on television, then, you know, the, People are going to leave the house to see, you know, the Avengers blow stuff up. Yeah, because I really miss the feature film romantic comedy. I feel like we haven't had like a, a really, either a really successful one. There's a couple that I like that didn't get much play. Uh, like I really liked one by, uh, with Hugh Grant called The Rewrite. I actually thought it was good. But, mm. uh, but there are a bunch that, uh, that didn't get uh, much of a release. But, uh, but I don't know, it just feels like since Nora Ephron died, we have not had like a really fun, you know, rom-com hit. No, yeah, nobody has, has filled those shoes. Did you see Love, Simon? Oh, yeah, that's true. There have been some high school ones, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really I, I know what you mean, though. You want you, that, that sort of, you want that Nancy Myers, sophisticated people with nice kitchens. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and clever banter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe we have like Mamma Mia two coming out this year. Um. Um. That trailer, that trailer is just like, oh man. I mean, I I, I try to go into every movie with hopes, you know, with, a, with an open heart and open mind. But man, that trailer. <laughs> well, it's got share, maybe share. Yeah, share as Meryl Streep's mother. <laughs> I mean, we never thought we'd see that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I just hope they don't have Pierce Brosnan sing very much. Oh, man, yeah. I think we learned our lesson on that one the first time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just something I really miss and I would love to see back uh, in um, uh, in the theaters. And yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, am, I am excited about... Uh, have you heard about this uh, British uh, Christmas zombie musical called Anna and the Apocalypse? I did hear about it because my friend uh, went to some film festival and happened to see it. Oh, Fantastic uh, Fast Friday? Yeah, yeah, my friend, yes. my YouTube I, friends. I've heard great things about it. I'm dying to see it. It's going to open. They just announced that it's opening December 1st. So that's oh, that to look forward to. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, okay, well, the, uh, the question I wanted to see is, what do you think is a classic Christmas movie that you think doesn't get enough love and one that you think gets a little too much love? Uh, <laughs> good question. Um, I, not enough love. I'm a big fan of the uh, 1970 musical version of A Christmas Carol called Scrooge yeah. with Albert where Finney. He, where he goes to hell? Yeah. Where he goes to hell? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I find that one just really delightful. And um, and I think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. You hear like, you know, people will talk about Alistair Sim or George C. Scott or yeah. some of the other, you know, kind of more notable scrooges. But I think it's a really tight version. Uh, you know, I, I was just talking to, um, there's a podcast called Tinseltown that's all Christmas movies all the time. And we were, he was, he was saying that of these soundstage Londons, it's one of the best ones, you know? Uh -huh. it, it, like, it, it doesn't look funny. It doesn't look like it's a block and a half. Like, they really kind of, you know, invested in it. And I like Albert Finney a lot. I think the fact that he's playing young Scrooge and old Scrooge in the same movie is really effective. So that's one I always try and kind of push on people. Uh, mm -hmm. As for too much love, um, I get why people like National Lampoon's Vacation. Mm -hmm. I just don't love it. 
yeah. I, I think there are some there are some fun things in it and and some interesting things with that character from you know the first vacation movie and all but uh it's not one that i i don't know that i've gone back and watched it again since you know i did the research for the book Mm, yeah so, not one of my go-tos what yeah, about you fair enough um so i uh i think that the disney um robert zemeckis christmas carol uh-huh. doesn't get quite as much love as it deserves it's very true okay. to the book and I, I know that that style of the stop motion uh not stop motion motion, motion capture, capture yeah. i know it's off-putting to some and uh, so that that's a problem, but I don't know. I really like it. Okay. I like Eric Oldman in it. I think he's really good, and I like. Um, uh, I think Jim Carrey is actually pretty good. Uh, Scrooge. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think is overrated? Well, I was not a big fan of We Are uh, No No Angels. I, uh, I, of, I, of the first one, or okay. Yeah, just I don't know. Peter Ustinov is amazing. Mm-hmm. So he saves it. I don't know. It just wasn't my style of humor, and I was not a fan of the ref. That's just not. I'm just not. That- <laughs> I see. I love. I love the ref, but Kevin Spacey kind of ruined it for me. For yeah. The <laughs> I didn't watch it last year, but it was the first time in a while that I hadn't. That's one that I dig out every year. But that's. Yeah. I, I get it. It's a very specific taste. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I just don't like movies where I hate all the people, and they're yeah. just horrible people. It's just not my thing. Uh, but I understand the appeal. Uh, but um. But yeah, in general, I mean, there's a lot of Christmas movies that I really don't like, but usually those are not that well-liked. Like, I hate Four Christmases so much. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> no, was no, horrible. I, I don't think anybody thinks of that one all that fondly. Although, that is the movie where I realized that Katie Mixon is a national treasure. <laughs> She's the best. I love her show. Have you, have you seen American Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched American Housewife. It's great. It's so funny. Um, and I watched last year, I watched Pottersville, Oh wow. man, that was that was an epic disaster. Like was, I don't know what anybody was thinking on that one. <laughs> like I hope the riff tracks guys are making a riff tracks of that. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That is that is some low hanging fruit. But yes, <laughs> absolutely, they should they should have their way with it because that movie. I I read about it and I was like, and I I, I and I didn't know it was going to Netflix, so I I rented it because oh, no. committed I am to this genre, and I just spent the whole thing like just like what am I even looking at? <laughs> great cast but the the script is so misguided but yeah that movie was yeah. epic bananas it was so bizarre i was just like it is kind of maybe a little so bad it's good because all these connections to like to it's a wonderful life thrown in into this weird comedy with with furries and i was just like what? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not that crazy about The Man Who Invented Christmas, which uh, I, I yeah. thought I would, because I really liked the book. It's a fascinating story. But the movie, to me, felt I felt like, well, it, it's never, for one thing, it never explains the title. Like, they don't lay out the groundwork that Christmas was kind of a marginal, yeah. eh, whatever holiday. And then after the publication of A Christmas Carol, that sort of really brought it as to a, a larger thing in the culture. So the that is missing. And then I uh, talk about your soundstage London's like that. Yeah. There's a lot of really bright sun <laughs> in those windows. Even when they're complaining about the fog, you're like, are you not looking at the, what's happening here? Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I can, I think that's, that's fair. It's fair. Uh, I I think maybe I, uh, I was, uh, uh, I, it was a contrast to some of the, the Hallmark movies that week that I saw. Maybe I don't well, know. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But, Arthur Christmas is another, uh, I think, sort of 
underrated one i think is slowly binding its audience as years go by yes that's a really good one i love arthur christmas it's my yeah. it's one of my favorite artman films oh totally yeah no question so i want good. that sweater yes <laughs> yeah I, I really like that one uh, and i love uh, i mean everybody most people love home alone but home alone was the first movie to ever really make me laugh in my life. I was oh, wow. yeah, very independent kid. So the whole idea of like oh, right. going to the store thing. by yourself and like doing the laundry <laughs> and like him like figuring out like how to stop these thugs and that was just the coolest thing in the whole world. And so I have like huge nostalgia for it and it's just like one that I love. That was a, a, an interesting sort of revelation for me when I was doing the book because I never saw it. Oh, really? I was, I was in my 20s when it came out. And I just, you know, by that point, I'd even sort of given up on, on John Hughes. So I just didn't, uh, you know, and it became this giant phenomenon, obviously, but I just never got around to it. And so uh, when, I, when I was first putting the book together, um, my agent told me to write the, the, the first chapter, which is movies aimed at kids. He said, because he thought that was sort of the best selling point to the yeah. parents or whatever. So I was like, well, I guess it's time to watch Home Alone now. And um, yeah, what surprised me is that, you know, I think the thing that people most remember from that movie is sort of the, the very violent yeah, slaps. The booby traps, yeah. Yeah, I found a little like, mm, um, <laughs> which is actually kind of what I liked about Better Watch Out. They sort of take the idea of that, that sort of thing and, and take it to the to the nth degree um but i was surprised at how kind of moving it was like the his relationship with the old guy next door and you know his the way that he it, it's almost a sort of twilight zone thing of like you know i wish my family was gone uh, now great that happened and oh it, it's, a, it's one of the sort of monkey's paw wishes you know that the kind of backfires on you like i i thought that was all rather lovely it was um, so sweet yeah, yeah. And, and also just like John Candy, hilarious, <laughs> love yes. him in that. And uh, I don't know, like his parents are like the worst, but I, I just, I, I just love, I just love the movie. It's just well. very nostalgic for me. And, and even like, I think it's one of John Williams' more underrated scores. Uh, it is, it is a good one. And, and it, it, you know, I've, I've seen it pop up in sort of like holiday mixes or like you know yeah. like malls where you know it'll, it'll they'll have they'll play a bit of it between carols or it's like yeah it fits yeah. uh my, my friend lewis Fertel tweeted once i can't relate to home alone because i don't know what it's like to take Catherine o'hara for granted <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good that's good yeah um i also love while you were sleeping uh i think that i would say mm. that would be an underrated one for me i just love the dialogue and i love uh i love the huge chemistry and uh so that, that's I, I, yeah. I, you know, you talk about wanting rom coms to come back. I do miss like peak Sandra Bullock. Yes, so much, so <laughs> much. Uh, I know she's got she got her Oscar. Come back to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got Ocean's Eight coming. I'm hoping that's, that's going to be fun. And I'm really excited about that. So, uh, last question that I have for you is: What <laughs> advice would you give to new podcasters like uh, like us? Gosh, um, you know, I, I hopped into this thing knowing so little. Uh, I, I luckily, my friend Gray Drake had been doing a show called Popcorn Mafia, and she had me on as a guest. And that was the first time I even really understood what a podcast was. Um, and then, you know, I, I wound up starting mine because I had been doing, I had a couple of different TV gigs, and they both, the both shows got canceled like within a month of each other. So I was like, all right, I, I need a thing that only I can cancel. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think figure out 
what makes your voice different and, and how you stand out amidst the thousands of podcasts that are out there. I mean, I think you guys have a very targeted uh, uh, you know, niche sort of area of interest. And that's a good thing. I, I think the more specific you can be, the better, obviously, but it has to be something that you can still do an infinite number of shows about while mm -hmm. at the same time being very laser focused, you know. Um, I mean, there are a ton of movie review podcasts out there in the world, I, I, which I'm certainly aware of, but there aren't any that are done by, you know, an actual married couple that are both film critics, and, you know, let alone two dudes. So right. that's, <laughs> our, that's, our, that's our bread and butter that, you know, uh, and I think like, don't be afraid to let your show sort of organically become what it becomes. Like we originally were very sort of like, it's going to be a strict 20 minutes and we're just going to talk about movies. And then at some point we allowed ourselves to kind of ramble a bit and our listeners like the rambling. Like that's one of the things that they, they, they're as interested in hearing us talk to each other about who's doing the dishes or whatever, as they are about us getting to the week's movies. So, you know, don't, this, this isn't NPR, you know, you don't have to have these, these beats and you know these blocks of stories and your music beds or whatever like don't feel like you have to have all that stuff just you know do it organically and and be yourself and and let what comes out come out and kind of figure out you know uh what if there's a show in it or not yeah well that's really great advice I and mean, we, we i think the thing i just try to remember is that like this should it's a lot of work but just try yeah. to keep it fun that it's oh god yeah because no one's doing this for the money, it yeah. better be fun. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, and and it's so fun to be able to. It's a shame that Amber wasn't able to be here, but because we have just yeah, so much fun together, getting to work on uh, you know a creative. Because most of the time we just spend in front of our computer screens all day for our jobs, right. and uh, so uh, it's it's nice to have a creative outlet where even just things like designing the thumbnails and stuff like that, like. I, I'll send one to her and I'm like, look at this. I designed this. <laughs> <laughs> do y'all have merch yet? I want, I want merch. Oh, we do have merch. We oh, have no. a Hall Stars t-shirt. Uh, I mean, a baseball tee shirt. So I'll, 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 I'll tag you in the link. Okay. Um, and we are also doing a giveaway right now. Uh, okay. Alonzo's book. So if you're listening, uh, I'll have a link in the description section to enter the giveaway of Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas because it's definitely a resource that every Hallmarky needs to have for sure. And mm -hmm. I, we, were, we were both talking that if you do a volume two, mm. it, should, it should be a TV movie volume. I, you know, uh, if I can- like the best I, of. If I can sell enough of these, then maybe that'll happen. <laughs> I, would I, would, I would be down. I, I've, I've had a good time going down this rabbit hole. So, you know, I, <laughs> okay, I, I could go down all the previous years that I missed. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, if, if you don't, and if you don't win the book from Hallmarkies, it is available at like Amazon and all the yes. places, and as a Kindle. Yes, we will have a link, and and the giveaway anybody can enter because even international because you can just do the ebook, and uh, so uh, go check that out, and yeah, I'll have a link down if you want to just flat out order it, and because uh, it's really good, and yeah, if you. If you need a, uh, we can be your resource. We can be your, <laughs> <laughs> we can take the bullet for you. Maybe that's good, good to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. This was a real honor and treat for me. Oh, well, uh, this, this was a, a delight. I, I think you guys do have a lot of fun doing this show and I'm glad it exists. And, uh, and thanks for thinking of me.
Oh, no. Uh, hopefully we can have you on again, maybe uh, closer to the, the season or maybe in Christmas in July or whatever. We'd love to talk to you and get Amber in because uh, Amber was very excited because she is like a Ben uh, Makowitz fanboy. <laughs> she wanted to talk to you about that. Excellent. I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll dish all the dirt I got. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, uh, how can people find you online? Um, well, let's see. I'm, I'm uh, A. Duralde on uh, Twitter, A-D-U-R-A-L-D-E. And then my show is uh, at Linoleum Cast on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I think also at Who Shot Your Pod and at T-Y-T-W-T-F on Twitter. Great. Awesome. We'll have links for all of that in uh, the description below and thanks again really appreciate it thanks have a good one bye and make sure you're following the podcast on social media or hallmarkies pod on instagram and twitter and uh this weekend on hallmark channel they are having uh just one movie on hallmark movies and mysteries the aurora tea garden movie is is this weekend uh but nothing on the hallmark regular channel so one of those weeks. And, uh, and then, but we do have a new episode of One Calls the Heart uh, this weekend. And our podcast this week, we're covering the uh, Hallmark Spring Fever uh, Royal Movies, Royal Matchmaker, Royal Hearts, and Once Upon a Prince. So I hope you'll enjoy that. And we will have our uh, When Calls the Heart uh, recap show, When Calls the Hallmarkies recap show on uh, Thursday with Ruth Hill. So make sure you check that out. And uh, thanks so much uh, again to Lonzo for joining us. And uh, you can follow Amber at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And uh, thanks again. And we will talk to you all later. Bye.